Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Helena Baker is the founder of ESN, the English-speaking network which is based in Israel. Helena has been in business since the tender age of 22 and she lives and breathes networking. She's also a bit of a whiz on LinkedIn. Thank you very much for being my podcast guest today, Helena. Thank you for having me. Now, you're someone who lives and breathes networking, but first let's have a chat about you. What, what's your career story? What's your background? Well, it's quite varied. <laughs> um, so I started as a freelance copywriter when I was very young. I was about 22, uh, which is very young to start a business. Um, and really had no connections, had no idea what I was doing, if I'm really honest. Um, and I'm not sure how I got invited into the world of networking, but kind of quite quickly did. And I really found that as kind of the only way for me to grow my business at the time, uh, just because of my lack of experience. And I was always, you know, fairly good at schmoozing. So I don't know how much you know about networking, if you've heard of things like BNI or Women in Business Networking mm -hmm. or anything like that. Yep. So as I kind of did them all, I would wake up at six o'clock in the morning, you know, three times a week and drive off right around London uh, and kind of just network as much as I possibly could um, and, and kind of grew my business that way. And when I um, moved countries, so I moved to Israel in uh, January 2019, um, I found there was kind of a lack of English speaking networking groups here. So the, the, the world here is very, very focused on high tech. And that's mm. really the, the networking ecosystem here is high tech based, which really wasn't for me at all. I'm not a techie, I can't write tech. Mm -hmm. So I saw a real gap in the market for networking groups, you know, for English speaking business owners here. I really started this as a way to kind of improve my own personal network as a copywriter. Uh, and then slowly but surely kind of understood actually this is, you know, what I really love doing. So I now run English speaking networking, which has local groups here in Israel. And I now have online groups as well. So I have uh, ESN International, which is for business owners around the world. And uh, I have groups for professional services, uh, the creatives and health and wellness as well. Mm. So what was it that, that took you to Tel Aviv? Um, sure. I mean, I had like a connection to Israel in general. I've been here a lot as a kid and, and kind of enjoyed it. Uh, and if I'm really honest, I, I, I wasn't from London. I was like a transplant from Manchester. Mm. Um, and I found London quite a hard city, actually. Um, I didn't really enjoy it as much as I think, um, you know, I could have done. And I thought I was kind of just ready for a change and honestly just thought it'd be quite easy to move. <laughs> I mean, it's not easy to move countries at all, especially to the Middle East, especially when you don't speak the language. But at the time, it just seemed like quite an exciting adventure when I was 26 and it seemed like the right time. I'm very happy with my decision, but I wouldn't say it was easy in any way. Yeah. I mean, I guess the kind of work that you do, copywriting, it, it doesn't really matter where you're based. Well, that was the theory, I think, because, you know, all my business had been gotten through networking, which is so, the so well, and obviously COVID stopped it, but there was so much of it in England, in London specifically. Uh, once I moved here, I kind of did have a problem that my main route to market was kind of snatched away from me. Mm. Um, so in theory, yes, but it, it obviously it was quite challenging. And in the end, I, and also, if I'm honest with you, I don't think I was, I didn't really love copywriting. So I think I was quite happy to let it go when I did. Yeah. Um, but in theory, yes, <laughs> it was very easy to transfer. So tell me about what happened when the pandemic hit and everything kind of shut down, including wow. networking. <laughs> 
so it's funny, like, we were kind of a bit ahead of England in the sense that, like, you went into lockdown, I think, like, a few, quite a few weeks after us. Like, we were kind of, you know, doing things much earlier over here. And, and, and I have, obviously, networking groups at the time. They were all face-to-face. -face. At the time, I had two groups. Um, and I remember watching the numbers change. They were saying, okay, well, you can have 20, 50 people in a room. And I thought, okay, I can still have my meetings. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, you can have 30 people in a room. And I was like, you can still have your meetings. And then I remember the night it went down. It was a Saturday night, and I was watching the news um, with, with my then boyfriend, now husband, and it was like, okay, now it's gone down to 10. And I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, wow, like I'd only had a business for six months, and I was like, wow, it's really over. Like, this is the end of my business. There's just no way to recover from this. Uh, because at the time, online networking wasn't, it didn't exist as a, as a concept. It mm -hmm. was kind of done here and there quite poorly, but no one was doing it in a structured way, and, and there didn't seem to be much of a demand for it, in fact. So um, for two weeks, I would say I kind of didn't really. Uh, get out of bed and was quite down in the dumps and, mm. and felt very sorry for myself. Uh, and then what really, and obviously at the time I was doing the copywriting, and of course there was no copywriting work coming in either because, you know, everyone was in kind of a state of shock. Mm. Um, and what really happened then is um, I kind of did two things and one was a bad idea and one was a very mm -hmm. good idea. Um, the first thing I did was I paused all of the meetings because at the time, like I said, they were all face-to-face -face and I didn't really feel comfortable charging it for online meetings. Um, and instead I did like online free networking meetings mm. just here and there, just to really understand the platform, how it works, you know, and that people did want it actually and it was working. That was a good idea. The bad idea that I did was I kind of tried to create this whole new program for online networking with speakers uh, and it, it was really quite a bust. Um, mm. But what I did I think do well during COVID is I was constantly active on social media. Um, so when I did then go back face to face um, for a little while, people were like excited and they knew about me and they, you know, had seen me post this whole time mm -hmm. when people were all on social media because it's all they could do. Um, and then when I went back online because I had to because of another lockdown here, I then understood that actually online networking was powerful. It was working and people were prepared to pay for it. Yeah. Um, so in the end, it was it was it definitely benefited my business overall. But those first, I would say, month, two months were extremely scary. Um, um, and it was very, very hard for me to kind of understand exactly the focus that I should be having. Yeah. I mean, I guess the fact that the this was a global pandemic and everybody was affected by it means that everyone has now got used to online networking and that must have opened up opportunities for your business. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, with the international networking, um, which I kind of started last about a year ago, is I was really like, oh, wow, here's the potential. People now can network all over the world. They're working more from home. You know, someone from, let's say, Wales who wants to network more in London or in America, where people are paying, you know, a little bit more than, let's say, a small town in Wales, they're able to do so from the comfort of their own home. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something really compelling about that idea. Uh, not to say that face-to-face -face networking has gone, because I think there's a huge power to that, and it can be extremely powerful and useful I just think that you can do online for those people who don't want to travel or can't travel and especially for like you know parents um it's especially powerful for them who kind of have much less time because they're you know mm -hmm. planning their day around pickup as well yeah yeah so tell me about the, the format of your your networking meetings then so, I mean, listen, it, it, I wouldn't say it's anything revolutionary in terms of how networking works. So at every meeting, everyone has 60 seconds to introduce themselves, say who they are and what they do. Um, then we have a guest or member speaker, and those guest speakers is quite different in most, because most structured networking groups, they only take speakers from within the network, mm. which is great, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
I've just found that the guest speakers brought a really different energy to the groups. They bring a different expertise and we can get people at like a pretty high level. We've had some, you know, really huge and big speakers and actually our members have had business from those speakers as well. So it kind of adds a really nice, um, I would say, alternative shift to it. And then if it's online, we have breakout rooms. So during the meeting, people tell me, listen, I want to speak with X. I want to speak with Y. And I put them in a breakout room with those, put, with those people. And if it's face-to-face, of course, it's just time for more schmoozing. Um, I think, and I hope what people get from our networking, because obviously, you know, now there is a lot of more online networking than there was before, mm. is that it's a very warm and friendly approach. Like I lead the meetings or my colleague Daniel does. And we're both, you know, younger quite you know friendly we want people to enjoy the experience and there's a big focus on that whereas i think a lot of networking can seem quite daunting Mm -hmm. um and quite scary sometimes to be honest with you yeah so what's the ratio now between the online and the the face-to-face networking that you're running well i'm much more online than face-to-face so actually what what was interesting in israel is that when we could eventually go back face-to-face and it seemed clear that that was kind of not going to change um i emailed all my members being like great we're going back face-to-face and no one really wanted it actually Mm. (laughs) Uh, which was quite surprising i think people have gotten used to it so we have one full-time face-to-face group in tel aviv and then the other two ones in Israel are hybrid. So they meet mostly online. And then every six weeks, we have a face-to-face meeting, which always gets a lot of guests. Um, and then my three international groups are fully online. So actually, only one of my groups out of six is fully online, although a fully face-to-face. Mm-hmm. I will be um, changing that slightly in uh, September and, and kind of having moving one of those online groups face-to-face. Yeah. So tell me about who comes to your meetings. What kind of businesses do you get in the room? So there's quite a mix. I would say it's mostly small business owners. So we're looking at kind of zero to 10 in, in terms of like one to 10 in terms of employees. Um, and it's, you know, law firms, graphic designers, web designers, accountants. Um, in terms of our creative group, that's really focused on people who are in marketing. So web designers, graphic designers, copywriters. And then the health and wellness group is very focused on health and wellness. So we have, you know, nutritionists, ADHD coaches, back specialists, that sort of thing. But really kind of the link between them all is that they are all, you know, small to medium-sized businesses really looking to gain more clients and also gain a network of people who are there to support them. Like, I think that's what's... Listen, people are paying for this group, so there's no question. It's for people to get more clients, and I'm very clear that that is the goal of the group. But seeing those kind of like additional friendships and, and communities built, it's is been something that's really special to me, actually. Mm. Now, those online international groups, which, which countries are people coming from? And how are you coping with time differences? Yeah, so that's the time differences. I've definitely become very good at understanding. Well, you say that and I got, got the timing of this podcast wrong, <laughs> which is quite embarrassing. Um, but I have got much better with, with time differences. So our, we have the one, um, the two creatives, the creative and health and wellness meets at nine o'clock um, my time, um, which which is seven o'clock um, UK time and two, um, two o'clock um, New York time, 11 o'clock Pacific time. So we basically get all of the time zones. I've yet to be able to get in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be about 6 a.m. for them, though I have had people come from Australia and wake up at 6 a.m. for the meetings. It's happened quite a few times. It just shocked me, to be honest. <laughs> um, I'd struggled, I think, to get that time zone in. But um, I've worked pretty hard to find a time that I think works for our target demographic, which is essentially... Um, obviously Israel, but the Middle East in general, um, America and and all of America, because of course America has tons mm-hmm. of time zones unlike England, uh, England, and then digital nomads right around. So you, people in Europe, there's, you know, a big digital nomad community in Europe as well. So really trying to get everyone in. And, and one day I'd like to open a group that also has Australians fitted in, but it would be, I'd have to do a kind of like 2 a.m. my time, which I'm mm-hmm. not opposed to, but I think I need 
to prepare for that a little bit more. <laughs> and what would you say people are getting out of coming to your meetings? Listen, so mostly it's, it's, it's business and that's what it comes down to. You know, people are paying for these groups. I make no bones about the fact that I'm here to help you get more clients and, and I do everything I can to help you. Um, but definitely that's the main thing. Business and a lot of the members, you know, do Instagram lives together and they collaborate as well. Uh, alongside that, I offer to all of the members free support on their 60 seconds and also using LinkedIn, which I do for private clients. I do do LinkedIn. Um, so I really help with that and really essentially help the members and hold the hand through the entire networking journey. So we have a lot of people who've never done networking before mm. and it can be quite a strange kind of entity. It's its, its own little niche. Um, so I'm really there to kind of help them yeah. and talk them through the entire process. Um, obviously, our guest speakers are a huge bonus, which is very unique to networking. Mostly, it's like I said, the member speakers. And all of our talks are recorded, so I have all of a ton of content to share to our members. And then finally, of course, um, they get the opportunity to speak as well. But I'd say the two main focuses are getting more business and also you know, building a community of people, colleagues who are happy to help you. Yeah. Now, I know that you're a huge fan of LinkedIn, and you, you mentioned it just then. What do you think is so good about that particular platform? Okay. What I think about LinkedIn, honestly, the main thing, I shouldn't say this because I do it for clients, but the secret to LinkedIn, in my opinion, is that it's very easy. It's not like Instagram where you're going up against huge competition and, you know, you need to have in terrible photos and, and reels. And it's like Facebook where really these days you've got to be paying for ads. Mm -hmm. It's quite straightforward, LinkedIn. You know, they now only allow 100, um, you to connect with 100 people a week. So you connect to 100 people a week, you write them a message or you don't, but it's very easy to kind of, you know, uh, increase your um, connections, as it were. Mm -hmm. And then you want to post regularly and you want to do one or two posts a week. Keep it consistent. And it can be around a tip. It can be around something interesting happening in the news. It can be a case study. There's so much content. There's so many ideas that there to have. And you don't need to use a picture. Obviously, you can if you want. But there's no pressure to kind of find an aesthetic and beautifully taken photo. It's a very simple platform. Like, it's quite a simple science. You do the outreach. You post once or twice a week. You know, it will work. I've just mm -hmm. started working with a virtual assistant on her LinkedIn. And, and she, I mean, she, there's a huge demand for virtual assistants. So it wasn't, you know, a huge challenge, but she's already getting clients just by being consistent and really reaching out to people. So I really like that it's quite straightforward, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think that's also great. And then the second thing is that if you are B2B, your clients are on LinkedIn. You know, mm -hmm. there's no question. And that's from small I, small clients to, you know, the big companies. I get huge companies in Israel asking me for business. So they are there. It's just tapping into that network and doing so in a really clear and, you know, clear and consistent way. But but the business is there to be had and people are there to buy. Yeah. And I know you, you, you train other people to, to use LinkedIn effectively. What kind of specific help and support are you able to give them? Yeah, so like I said, I mean, with the LinkedIn, it's, it's in terms of the training, it's really just helping them understand the platform, getting them together with some form of strategy. And then with my private clients, I create whole content strategies for them. I post the content for them. I do the outreach for them. I kind of take over the whole thing at the back end so they can kind of just sit back and relax, as it were. Um, but honestly, like LinkedIn, it's I really do, my, my dream is that I work with a client for a few months and they go ahead and do it by themselves because I really do believe that most business owners are capable of using LinkedIn. You know, there's should you know there's so many different ideas you can be thinking of and inspiration you can be taking from. Um, I do feel, and I, I you know I've tried using used Instagram many times and struggled a lot. But LinkedIn, it, it's just a dream of a social media, in my opinion. Yeah, I think very much for for business to business. 
Yeah, for uh, sure. But obviously, B to C is a little bit different. But yeah. Yeah. So what do you think that the future of networking is now? We're kind of coming out the end of the pandemic. We can do face to face. A lot is still online. Yeah. What do you think the future holds? That's a great idea, great question. So I think it's, it's quite mixed. I think there's kind of two halves of networking. And the one is, the, oh, actually, there's three. Firstly, a lot of people after COVID have started their own businesses. Mm. And because I think they've seen actually that having being employed isn't always as comfortable or as, um, what's what I'm looking for? Uh or as um, reliable as you would think. And mm-hmm. the other half is people have gone abroad and gone to work in different countries because uh, they now can do so. People are used to working remotely. So I think the market for people who are looking to network has grown firstly. I think there's much more, there's a bit much bigger pie to be had and it's kind of business for everyone. And I really do believe that. The second thing is I think that there's now two camps and there's the camp that's only wants online networking. They have no desire to meet up face-to-face. And I would challenge that market to still try and do some face-to-face networking because I do genuinely believe, and I run online networking groups, that there is nothing quite like face-to-face. And I really would challenge those people to try and get, you know, once a month, twice a month to a face-to-face networking group. And then there's those other camp who are, you know, just desperate to get out of the house, desperate to do face-to-face networking and kind of ready to rock and to roll. And those are the two camps as I see it. And I think we'll see a lot more networking in general because there's just much more people now looking for it. I think we're going to see a lot more online networking and I think we're going to see that stay. I would say that I think online will slow down because it's much, much harder. People are much less incentivized to come regularly Mm -hmm. because there's always a reason not to turn on the computer. Whereas if you know you have to leave the house, it's kind of a different thing. Mm. So I think we will see that slow down somewhat and you're going to have to work much harder to get those people. And I think those people want face-to-face. If you can access that market, that market is hot and it is ready to go. And I think that will kind of remain, it will grow a little bit and then remain stable because, you know, there's always a face-to-face networking and that won't change. I think online will grow very quickly now, but will look to slow down, I suspect. Yeah. Now, you mentioned a lot of people, you know, starting up new businesses during the pandemic. And so there are a lot of people who are new to networking. What kind of advice would you give to people who are networking for the first time? Sure. So the first thing is you are not there to sell. Never, Mm -hmm. ever. I see it face to face. I see it online. People coming and they're just on they're just on the sell. Please, please don't ever think of networking as someone who is looking to sell. It's embarrassing. It's awkward. And it's it's extremely off putting. You want to come to a networking meeting, whether it's online or face to face with the idea of making friends, essentially Mm. building relationships. You want to come with a smile. You want to come with a pitch that's convincing and compelling. And do practice that pitch in the mirror. You know, do get that ready. And then in the chats, whether it's online or face-to-face, how are you doing? Where are you from? Are you new to networking? Ask questions. Be interested. Be engaged. Obviously, I would always say keep the questions away from politics, away from family life. I think it's always safer to just keep it fairly kind of bland, as it were. But, you know, be engaged and interesting. Um, and just look to come and schmooze and to, and to make new connections, really. And the business will come. But if you come kind of ready to sell from the outset, no one's going to want to throw your business. It's, it comes across as quite a, the kids would say, you know, thirsty, as it were. Um, you're coming to make connections and have that in the front of your mind at all times. Yeah. So finally then, um, Helena, if people are interested in finding out more about your network and maybe coming to a meeting, whether that's whether they're in Israel and can come to a face to face one or they're looking at the online networks, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Sure. So welcome to um, connect with me on LinkedIn, which is definitely where I'm the most active, which is Helena um, Baker. So H E 
H-E-L-E-N-A, B-A-K-E-R, and hopefully we'll be able to put that in the show notes as well. Yep. Um, they're welcome to follow the Instagram for the international group. Uh, I'm working on it, working on it very hard. It's not my proudest, but I'm <laughs> definitely getting there. And that's International ESN. And of course, they can check out the website as well, which is um, internationalesn.com. Uh, and they can see all about kind of what we're doing in the groups. But definitely LinkedIn is a great place to start because I have lots of content there on networking, on using LinkedIn, lots of tips uh, and tricks. So it's pretty, should be some helpful content over there for you. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Helena, and the best of luck with the network going forward. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.